Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Lemonade. Because let's face it, we could all use a little sweetness right now. Oh my gosh! Welcome to Lemonade. Episode 14. Allie, what's Lemonade? Lemonade, finding some stuff that is not all bad news. How about that? Uh, I agree, but this one I might need to get a little deep because I've been having a rough time. But we can start with good things. We can start with some good things. Do you want to hear what my episode 14 pun is? Of course. Um, We're finally out of quarantine. Get it? Quarantine? Wow. Quarantine and quarantine? It was... Yep. Got it. You're welcome. (laughs) Hilarious. Um, Several things happened. My bike got stolen. Oh, no. From my locked garage. Oh, no. (laughs) Let's look at the positive. Let's look at the positive. Uh, The positive thing is that I I have never had a bike not stolen that I've owned. So I've learned and I only buy bikes that are under $80. So the bike was only like 75 bucks. That's the positive. Wow. Um, okay. <laughs> that is a positive. That's crazy that you've had every single bike that you own. How about like putting one of those, like, uh, like put like Lojack on your bike or like one of those tiles where you can track it. Oh, I know I should. Hold on. I feel like my headphones. No, I should do that. I should start putting, cause if I have a track record of about 10 bikes in my life and not one of them, I have kept all of them have been stolen from Greeley to LA. Uh, yeah. yeah. I would like to know where they go. Them. Like, I won't even want them bike. back at this point. I just want to see where they're going. Well, and you can call the cops if you find out where they go. And also, if that doesn't work, how about you can leave them a little note taped underneath the seat that says, you will have bad karma for the rest of your life if you take this bike. I will take that a step further <laughs> and leave notes saying I'm watching you <laughs> until they leave it alone. <laughs> and you will have bad karma. You'll yeah. be a dung beetle. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching you. Uh, the cops wouldn't do anything. They wouldn't do anything. They, 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 this isn't CSI, Allie. Probably not. <laughs> so maybe that happened. Unearth, like, like a bike stealing ring or something, then maybe they might be interested. Uh, I think there's worse rings, but you're right. I also blame myself because I don't live in a good neighborhood. This is a lot of on me at this point. Can you lock up your bike inside somewhere somehow? No. Well, I could, but then like, I wouldn't be able to sleep. I mean, <laughs> what do you mean? I, the, if the bike is in my place, then I can't pull oh. out my bed. No, no. It just meant like lock it to like if there's a chain link fence in the garage or something. It like, was. It, with bike it was. It was in a okay, locked parking garage on a chain linked post. That's right. Actually, okay. it was like right in front of my door. Like when I walk out every morning, I saw my pretty pink Walmart bike sitting there. That is a Amazing amount of work for an $80 bike that they went through. Oh, I know. Bike. The best part is there was two um, other bikes that were probably way more expensive that were just on the other posts. So there's three bikes total in this place. Mine was taken. These other nice bikes were left. But now another one has gone missing. So. Wow. Locked parking it's garage. Regular, regular bike caper. A bike paid. <laughs> I'm just so used to it by now. What I can't what wait for my new one. What about if you took one of the wheels off and kept it inside your apartment and they couldn't do much with it? You're right. 
I could do that. I do actually. I don't think that my. That's why my bike's so cheap. It's not one of those ones that come apart easily. Like other the nice ones, you can take the bike seat off, and that's not this one. This one was like glued together, like super gorilla glued together. I I I I see your point though. I guess it's just gonna go in your living room then. (laughs) Then I can't pull out my bed. It's a whole. It's a. It's a vicious cycle. (laughs) But it's funny. So it's it's the point of that is to make y'all laugh. Please share your bike stolen stories from with us. Need an alarm on the bike. (laughs) Oh my god! Oh my god! The next bike I get, I'm getting one that it's like it's like obnoxious alarm like. Or I'm just, I just like, and I need to film it. I need to film these people. <laughs> like, what do you they look play, like? You should play Beck Loser at a very high volume for whoever steals your bike. Just be like, man, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing? <laughs> like an intervention. Like we were waiting yeah, for like, you. You're a loser. You're, you need to step away from the bike because this is not going to go. This is not a good trajectory for you. By the way, the bike is so cheap. My renter's insurance won't even pay for it when it's stolen. This is on you, loser. Exactly. I've learned my lesson. Get cheap bikes. That's my actually life advice. We skipped right to it. Get cheap bikes. (laughs) Unless you're an avid mountain biker, I guess. I know. Well, if you bought the more expensive bike, you could take the wheel off or probably lock it up better. Maybe. Whatever, Ali. Possibly. Whatever, Ali. Just trying to problem solve. (laughs) (laughs) What happened to you this week? Last week, you said. You're going through some stuff. Anything new this week? Yeah, going through some stuff. Still, still going through some stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, relationships are kind of are kind of tricky. They're hard. And uh, you know, the funny thing is, the older that we get, the older that single people get when they're getting into new relationships or relationships in general, I feel like the more time people have had to like acquire the the baggage that they have or the experiences that they've had, the, you know, karma or baggage or emotional scars or whatever it is. And so it's hard. It's hard to kind of undo all that. And so anyway, my issue really quickly without getting into it too much is that my partner um, just has a lot of issues that he is unable to overcome, I think, right now, although I hope he does, he's able to do that. And that kind of makes it tough to enter into you know, a a new relationship or your present relationship when you're still carrying around the past with you. So anyway, that's my. Oh, yeah. Adult adult is hard. Relationships are very hard on top of that. So, yeah. I agree. These last few weeks, I've just I've been in a real depression and I haven't been in one for a while. And I thought I escaped this feeling back in Greeley. I thought I left and I escaped it. And I think there's a lot of things that need to come from it. There, uh, to sum it up, there was a lot of people I felt like I upset in like a week's worth of time, not intentionally, just stuff that was really bothering me, like um, fellow employees bossing me around and they had been doing it so much that I finally had to say something, but I wasn't comfortable saying it to them because the last time I said it to them, um, they like sat me down and just cornered me basically, one end of the table and three of them on the other. It was like three versus one. And they're my yeah. equals. They're not above me in any way. So I I brought it up to someone above them to talk to them. And he did. And he agreed with me. But they're all three now treating me terribly. Like doing like high school stuff. Like we all went to a comedy show that our boss did. And they were like making plans right in front of me and intentionally leaving me out. 
and driving together. And so you you add that and like as an adult, okay, fine, I can get over that. And then you add, I tried to tell my mom about it. And my mom goes into what did you do wrong? So my mom (laughs) kind of attacks and then I feel like I've made her upset because I'm like, I didn't do anything wrong. I, I stood up for myself, at least that's what I thought. And then last week I spoke a little bit about my ex about me. I, I said some really horrible things to him. So I had him, you know, telling me I'm a mean person. And then I had my boss who wasn't doing anything directly to me, but usually he's a lot more talkative with me. And I haven't really heard from him at all. And then our good friend Matt DeAndrea did this unintentionally, but he was here and I was wanting to talk to him about some of this stuff. And he really blew me off and said, I have to go and like walked out almost like he stormed out. And I don't know if he meant to or not. Um, He seems fine now. But at that time, at that moment, none of these other people know they're interacting with with me. They just know our individual stories to add every single one of those interactions onto one person in a couple of weeks. And on top of it, I'm very lonely out here. On top of it, I don't have any friends out here. Things are starting to open up and I'm scared to go out because I don't, I don't have anybody to go out with. So it's been, it's been like this deep, dark, like spot in my mind where I'm like, what did I do? What did I, did I come out here? It was a mistake. And then you kind of spoke a little bit with me last week after our show about putting yourself in the same position of um, this feeling. If you could speak on that a little bit, uh, the position of a chemical in your brain being released. You said something about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is super interesting. And and I am uh, a big advocate of obviously, you know, mental health, but also, um, you know, kind of knowing how the physical body, how the chemistry of all that interacts with with your mind and, uh, contributes to either a better or a diminished state of mental health. Um, and so I've done a lot of kind of research on that sort of thing. One of my favorite authors is named Dr. Joe Dispenza, by the way, if you're inclined to read and, uh, he's got a couple of very, very interesting books he's written, but anyway, um, one of the things he talks about is that, and I'd kind of was familiar with this concept, but in a slightly different way. And that is that, you know, as humans, it's really, really easy for us to stick to things that we are, that we're familiar with, even if they cause us pain, because we're, we would rather have the, the known, you know, than the unknown. And that is something that is, um, stems from our original kind of like, so our, our, nervous system is comprised of two parts, the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. The parasympathetic, you can think of that like if we're talking about a car, like a car analogy, it's like the brakes. So it's going to keep you calm and peaceful and slows your breathing down and keeps you, you know, at ease. The, the, um, let's see the pair. So the sympathetic nervous system forgot which one I was talking about. The sympathetic (laughs) is like pressing the accelerator. So that's going to be your fight or flight response. It's going to be you know, anything anxiety, cortisol producing, you know, that's, that's going to be the sympathetic system. So essentially, you know, this sympathetic nervous system was created back when we were supposed to like flee from animals and run away from things that would hurt us physically. And so what happens in these modern times is that even though we don't need that anymore, for the most part, um, we still have that kind of innately triggering in our in our body. And so, what happens is when we get into these stressful situations, our 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 nervous system produces this cortisol stuff, the chemicals, and it goes through our body, and it's kind of um, not a good thing. 
the unfortunate thing is that our body becomes addicted to chemicals, whether or not they are good or bad. So whether or not it's produced from a feeling of love, gratitude, you know, creativity, inspiration, or whether it comes from hurt, anger, jealousy, fear, we become addicted to those feelings. So basically how that manifests itself is that let's say, for example, you hear about, and it's a sad story, but let's say like the, um, victims of domestic violence, you, you always hear about how they go back to people that do the same thing over again. You always want to know if you're not somebody who's been in that situation, how, how do they, why do they keep going back? And the thing is they truly do become addicted to it because our, um, it, essentially our emotions create these chemicals and our bodies then become addicted to that same chemical. So it really truthfully takes a very conscious decision to step out of the line of fire and, and not repeat the same thing over again. And so in relationships, what I found through my own and through my own experiences, and I'm definitely guilty of, of my own kind of, you know, addictions with emotions, but we always want to stick with what we know. And so that's really, that's really tough. And I know I've definitely done that, whether it's, you know, dating the wrong people or whether it's dating people that are damaged or whether it's, you know, um, you know, using things as a distraction. Those are all kind of things that, again, we, we can become very, very addicted to these behaviors and patterns. And if we're not careful, if we don't do something different, we're going to keep living the same existence because we're still doing the same things. And, and then it's a vicious cycle. And, and literally even in your brain, it's funny, it creates these neural networks. So when the neurons fire, it then creates kind of like a, a network and a pattern. Like let's say um, it, it basically creates a, a map, if you will. And so then when something else happens again in a similar fashion, it reinforces those patterns. So it's kind of like driving maybe to work on the same route that you take, the more that you drive it every day, the more it becomes like um, kind of a second nature without thinking it sort of the same way with your brain and the networks it creates. But the problem is if it's not a good network, then you're basically fucking yourself. Sorry. That's a bill. <laughs> uh, so, but my fear. So then I sit there and I'm not, I'm not, not self-aware. Um, so I'm, I am self-aware. So I sit back and I'm doing what you, you're saying and saying, like, am I falling into this pattern? Because back in Greeley with my teacher, fellow teachers, and maybe it's not the same. So maybe I should take a step back. But I, I don't get along with the women I tend to work with. Not everyone. But it, it sen- tends to be the same issue. And I'm having an issue. My my first go-to is because my mom is ingrained in my head is what did I do wrong? And why does this keep happening to me? I don't blame them. I sit there and go, yeah. what am I doing? Because it has to be me if this is a pattern. But then I really sit back and look at the situation. I'm like, I'm not, I, I really truly with my heart don't feel like I'm doing anything. So what if you were to like, yeah, take it a little bit different because obviously, and that's the, the whole thing, the cool thing is, which I have to again remind myself on a regular basis, is that our perception really is everything and we are 100% in control of that perception. So what I would maybe ask you to think about is if you were to look at it as this has nothing to do with me, these people, it's probably the way that they interact with other people, with everybody. Um, and for some reason they get off on it being, being mean or something. And I don't think it has anything to do with you. And I think if you can maybe kind of reframe it in your mind more in that way, it might, it might be helpful, but I know that, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, as they say, hurt people, hurt people, it's probably, it has to do with, you know, just them and nothing to do with you. But then at what point 
do I cut that out of my life because it's too, it's it's just, it's hurting me too much? Or do is, is, the, is the framework change going to completely fix that? Well, I think it'll help a little bit. I think that the answer though is, I think you should cut that out of your life. And obviously if you've got to work with them, that's a different issue. So I, w- I would just say, you know, um, minimize whatever you, whatever is optional and, um, you know, make the most of kind of reframing the time that you do have to spend with them. But other than that, I wouldn't give them any of your time that's completely voluntary at all. Thank you. I think that's actually, I didn't think about that. And I think that's like one of the things I'm doing is like going down and visiting and trying to be friendly and say hi. But I think that that just, that that just sets me up to get hurt. Yep. And this is something that I've this year, my, one of my resolutions is I really only want to spend time with people who are uplifting and who elevate me and who make me a better person. And if they don't, then, you know, life is too short and, you know, wish them well, but that's not going to be who I want to surround myself with. That's where I'm getting there. I'm at that age finally where I'm like, okay, I forced myself to be around such assholes for so long. Like I'm just ready to be happy. And it's very tough. And actually, so I'll mention really quickly because he's probably not going to miss. But my <laughs> ex or partner or whatever he is right now, um, one of the things that he taught me, which was good, which is a good takeaway, um, which I firmly believe we learned something from every relationship that we're in. But one thing that he alerted to me is that alerted me of about myself is that I always try to help people even to a fault, and I try to save people. And I've got a couple of friends who are just. I hate, I hate to use the word toxic, but they're just kind of not good for me and they're not good for not good to be around. And they end up depleting you of energy and draining you and giving you nothing good in return. And Is so this when you tell me that's me? <laughs> no. yes. <it's> <laughs> this was our breakup episode. <laughs> our last no, I agree. I'm, I'm there with some people <laughs> right now. We got to yeah, find that strength. I, totally. And so anyway, I'm grateful for to him that I now, was able to stay strong in that way. I've got a, a girlfriend who recently reached out and how's this for wild? She was recently in, in jail and she got out. And um, I just made the decision that I, with his, with his help and with him bringing this to my attention, a light bulb went off. And I was like, you're right. I do. I do like to a fault. I will help people. They will have 12 lives with me, not just the nine, like a cat. It'll be like, I don't know. Like more than that. And, um, and I think that's something to be aware of if someone's going to continually just like take all the wind out of your sails and just kind of, that's no good. So anyway, you know, it's not like I wish anyone, I wish them all the best, but I just don't, I can't be, I'm there. I personally don't want to spend my valuable, precious time with yes. those people. I, there's two things in life I value the most and I know money's shallow, but I value my time and I value my money. And if you waste either one of those, I don't want you around like the end of story. Yeah. So that's that that's exactly where I'm at. And I'm, I've, I've been mature for a while as as far as that goes. There's been a lot of people in my life. There's a there's a girl in my life that I went to high school with that, you know, I was a bridesmaid in her wedding. But she was just she was kind of mean and she was a bully and she's this tall girl. And when I I went to her wedding, I wasn't allowed to bring a date because she didn't like my date, that sort of person. And she was very controlling. This is a funny story. It's just that um, when I wanted to introduce her to my husband or my husband at the time, she, my husband and I took a day off of work to meet with her and her husband. And she pulled the, oh, we're just too tired. We can't make it up. And that was when I said, I'm going to cut you off because it was too draining. Like it's too draining to be her friend. Fast forward uh, years later, haven't 
I, I haven't seen from her, haven't talked to her, uh, just didn't care, cut her off, was ready to move on with my life. Last December, this is a girl from high school, so last time I saw her was when I was 22. Last December, I am at a random house party in Venice Beach, California, and she walks in. Wow. What the hell? What the hell? That's crazy. We went to a small Catholic school in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and she shows up at a random house party on one of those houses on the little Venice rivers. That's crazy. Um, so what happened? Did you talk, did you talk to her? I tried to talk to her. I was I was partying. Like she disappeared at the party. Didn't really have to talk to her. It was awkward. Um, yeah. Fast forward a year later, I move here. Move here. Moved to Van Nuys. Nowhere near Venice. Going to a John's random market in Van Nuys. She's there. Wow. What is this town? I was supposed to escape from it. Allie, what's your thoughts? Should I, should I, I tried to reach out to her and then she never responded. So I don't need your thoughts. Um, yeah. Well, I think, so my first thing would be to say, if you keep running into her, there might be a reason why there might be some unfinished, like something there. Right. But if she's not going to re- communicate with you, then that's. I tried. Yeah. I tried. I wanted to be like famous in high school. I was in all the plays. I was like the lead in everything. And she didn't do any of that in high school. She wasn't in any plays. She wasn't in like any sports. Like she wasn't into acting at all. And she's one of those people that all of a sudden, like mid 20s, she moved to LA and wanted to be this famous actress after I had like degreed and like done all this stuff for so long. Maybe I'm holding a grudge. Maybe that's my grudge. She's not successful right now. I'm not. So, I mean, it's not like it it matters, but. It wouldn't matter anyway. I mean, you know, it's just doing what you want to do. You're so nice. Anyway, that's crazy. Crazy story. But that was a toxic person I'd cut out, and I'm I'm pretty good at doing that. Do you have any good news stories? I do, actually. So this is, uh, speaking of an actor, I'm going to bring it full circle. I have an actor for our good news story. Um, Amazing man, actor Dick Van Dyke, who you might remember. Um, he basically, <laughs> he decides he's going to hand out wads of cash to people in the unemployment line, which I friggin' love the story so much. Um, so, you know, this again, for you, those of you who are like, you know, under 30, Dick Van Dyke, um, very, very well-known <laughs> actor. He was in Mary Poppins and a bunch of other things. Um, but basically he was out running errands this week in Malibu and he stopped at an ATM, um, and I think he saw what was happening like nearby. There's the Malibu Community Labor Exchange, which is a nonprofit that helps unemployed locals find jobs. And he saw a whole long line there. Um, and so basically after he saw this, he decides he's going to just give out wads of cash to people in line that are waiting for, um, you know, for jobs or for unemployment benefits. And so I thought that was such a cool story. It doesn't really say very much more than that, but he's basically, it just says, um, the Mary Poppins star greeted those in line for assistance and started handing out piles of bills to them. It's unknown how much money he handed out, but those who received his generosity probably felt like happy dancing with cartoon penguins, which by the way is from one of his movies. It's from Mary Poppins. Is that from Mary Poppins? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> At least Thanks. too much. I don't even know what I'm talking about. No, it's from, they do the cartoons. You've never seen Mary Poppins? 
Uh, I know I have. It's just been a long time. Oh, okay. Back in the day, even. Yeah, they just, the cartoons, when they're dancing with the cartoons, there's like all sorts of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they're, okay, I'm looking at it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. So funny. Well, I, I, I wouldn't be a jerk, but I wish someone would have given me a hint at where that line was. I would have just taken a picture with them. I wouldn't have taken the cash. I'd be like, I'm gainfully employed. I just want to see you. <laughs> Give it to those people. <laughs> well, I'm sure the people that needed it got it, which was really, really pretty cool. Um, there's another kind of fun story, and I'm actually just reading it right now, but there's uh, a Goodwill employee, and she apparently found... Which, by the way, okay, let me back up. She found forty-two thousand dollars in cash in the, in one of like a sweater or something in Goodwill. Now, what I want to know is who has that much cash, and why is it in a sweater you're go- donating to Goodwill? <laughs> I think there's some sordid story behind there. There has to be. I was going to ask that. I heard about this story, and it's she insane. returned it to the owner, and. I'm, I hope they gave her her reward. I, I'm not. I'm, yeah, yeah, they I don't, did. Okay. So they gave her a reward and it looks like. Um, 20 bucks. Here. <laughs> let's see. It looks. Oh. Um, Tell me yeah. they gave her 20 bucks. It's only. She's only been employed at the store for a month and she believes in karma and she wouldn't imagine keeping the massive amount of money for herself. So she reported it missing. Um the store in Oklahoma, by the way, was able to successfully track down who had donated all these sweaters with money in the pockets, thanks to documents that were bundled inside. <laughs> sweaters. With I know. Was it Bill Cosby? That. <laughs> that would make more sense. Oh, oh that's really funny. Someone and found a bunch right. of Bill Cosby sweaters and was like, get these out of here. And then, of course, oh, man. <laughs> he was laundering his money right, well, in his laundry. You're welcome. Lossing over that. The rightful owners of the cash were uh, moved by her actions, and so they rewarded her. She's a young mother, by the way. They didn't give her a whole lot. They gave her a thousand, though. But that's still pretty nice. But the nice part is she gave the money back, and I thought that was really cool. That is really cool. But yeah. what a thousand! And she's gonna give. I know she deserves more than that. But she's gonna give her daughter a birthday party with the money, which is also really sweet. That's gonna be. And how old's her daughter? I hope she's like 16. She's young. No, I think she's young. <laughs> oh, good. Thousand dollars. Either way, I don't. What's a good thousand dollar birthday party? And that's what she's going to spend it on. There's nothing else. There wasn't like, I'm going to put some in savings. Bouncy castles. I don't know. Bouncy castles. <laughs> Lady, put that, put that in savings. You're working at Goodwill. Save some of that, please. And thank you for working at Goodwill, by the way. Or yeah. volunteering. I think. That's okay. <laughs> I'm just like, why the thousand? Forty three thousand. Yeah. That'll teach you. Next no. time I'm pocketing it. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. That was a joke, people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she gave the money back and and uh you know it was very selfless and she believes in karma and I wish more people um, you know, thought similarly. So that's pretty pretty fun, pretty cool. I I am thinking similarly. You've gotten into my head. I actually had someone the other day who was like I'm about to get so-and-so fired and I'm not going to get in specifics, but I didn't like this person. But I said specifically, because of karma, I wish no one gets fired. But I mean, yeah. do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said it. I Does mean, that count? It counts. Kinda, okay. Yeah. Okay. Your intentions there. Yeah. There's proof. I tried. I tried. <laughs> do you want to hear my life advice for the week? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, look over what you have to do the next day, the night before, uh, just list it out and then you don't have to think about it at night. Just be ready to do it the next day. You're welcome. 
Look at that. Allie. <laughs> Allie just held up a notebook with what she has to do on her notebook. So yeah, I forget they're not. I, we're, we're videotaping this through Zoom just so we can get the audio and we're not together in the studio. And I forgot that people were actually not filming this or you're not gonna be able to see me. That's okay. <laughs> I described yeah. it. It was funny. So do it. Uh, it helps you not wake up in the middle of the night and think, oh my God, I have to do this and this and this. Like just take a second yeah. and sit down and plan it and write it out. And if you think of something, like sometimes I will wake up in the middle of the night, but I keep usually this this notebook journal thing like right by my bed. So if I think of something, I can write it down. Yes. And for those of you who live in 2021, you can use your phone. <laughs> I'm trying not to stare. Well, it's the blue light. I up. know. I know. You're, you're not supposed to be on your devices. And but- I'm also so between that and trying to disconnect and also like going through this breakup, I really don't want my phone around. It's oh, just, I know. It's bad news. I just do not want my phone. Sometimes you just got to like, you know, it's, it's hard to stay in that, you know, if you want to really try to control your, your monkey mind and your emotions, like you got to really take action, take steps to do that. And sometimes, you know, in that case, when, you know, things on the interweb can upset you, it's best just not to engage. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Once you get to that point in your life, when you can do that, it's, and I feel people, especially girls in their twenties, like it's, it's hard to unplug, but do it. But for those of you who don't need to unplug, you can use your phone to write this stuff down too. It's hard because I like to read books at night, but I don't have like a bunch of books, nor do I have room for them, Allie. So like my iPad has my Kindle and that's how I read. But you're not supposed to be on electronic devices after a certain time at night yeah. or you sleep as well. It's like a vicious cycle I'm living in of hell. I need to, I need to like nip this in the bud. Okay, you got to just buy some books. No! Don't! On paper. Stop. On paper. Yeah, no. so the things on paper with words. So get the books. And then here's the thing. After you're done with them, you can either donate them to the library, donate them to a book exchange, or sell them on eBay. I'm giving you many options. Um, Crystal Denna, who's a comedian out here, she, I talked to her about this. She leaves her books like wherever she's finished with them, which I thought was really fun. Yeah, that's super fun. And even like I started a thing in our little apartment building where when we're done with books, we just leave them down in like the vestibule of the building near the mailboxes and like everyone just leaves books there. My apartment building would use those to start fires. All right. Anyway, (laughs) I move out soon. Um, Thank you guys for listening to Lemonade. Allie, do you have anything else? I think that is it for the day. Oh, I have one more good good news story. Oh, good. I'll, I'll leave you with. Um, there was an adorable little uh, five-year-old girl who was lost. She lives out near nature and a bunch of stuff. And anyway, she somehow got lost and um, ventured out, you know, away from home. And she ended up like a half mile from her home. A state trooper found her and uh, just in the nick of time saved her life. And he said that she hugged me and wouldn't let me go. She was so happy to see to see me. So. Oh, keep that in your thoughts. Uh, and also do not watch any Oscar movies if you're trying to stay positive this year. Just so you know. <laughs> Oscar nominated movies this year. If we weren't depressed enough, what a life. Like it's depressing. Like every single movie I've watched, I've cried on. Um, don't, there's a, there is a cartoon called If Anything Happens, I Love You. There is a cartoon. It's, a, it's animated short animated. nomination. It is the most heartbreaking thing I've ever, ever seen in my entire life. And it's about two parents getting over a school shooting and their daughter dying. Oh, jeez. And it's a car. It's an animated film. You could just imagine. I, I, like, I'm getting chills thinking about it now. Um, Mank, not super uplifting. Um, Nomadland, not super uplifting. Uh, 
Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, super depressing. Uh, <laughs> you go through all of them. I might edit some of this, but. Um, um, all right. Well, then I the guess. The father, we'll- Alzheimer's. Awful, depressing. I haven't seen the new ones. Um, all right, so then I guess our assignment will be to find some uplifting movies yes! for you guys for next week. Actually, I'm going to do that. That's going to be the post next week. Yeah, next week, find yeah. uplifting movies for me to watch because Oscars have completely put me in the in the shithole yeah. here. I think you you know what I will recommend really quickly as a little palate cleanse for you for your homework. Watch Little Miss Sun- Sunshine. I think there are some some really uplifting uplifting um, moments. We need yeah. more, though. We need more suggestions. So we'll post. You yeah. guys can let me know um, some positive, if uplifting yeah, movies. Any ideas, let us know. But yeah, let's let's comprise, comprise, let's comprise, let's comprise, compile. My brain went into both words. Uh, a list of the, let's say, top 10 uplifting, uplifting feel-good movies. So that's our, our homework for you guys and for us. We'll see what we can put on there. Amazing. Thank you guys so much. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.